Matthew 24, as you know, in this Olivet Discourse, Jesus begins to discuss the, the timeline and the backbone of end-time prophecy. He covers from the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. that was to come at that time, and then he talks some about the rapture of the church and then the, the second coming, which is two separate events, two different events. Talks about few weeks ago we talked about the parable of the fig tree which was one of the key indicators of this timeline that's talking about Israel he talks about in 37 through 44 about as in the days of Noah in Luke 17 he discussed the days of Lot in this Luke's account of the same discourse talking about the leading up to, covers the Antichrist desolation of the temple, of the third temple, talks about the great tribulation. Then at the, towards the end of 24 and leading into 25, he begins to discuss the faithfulness. And actually, he, he comes back to the time preceding all of the events he's just discussed that is to come, if you follow me. I'm giving you some context because context is always important. Always. Always. I do a little reading, like when you get into chapter 25, it's the same discourse, but there's a, a chapter marker there. He begins to discuss the parable of the ten virgins, and I'm, I'm always astounded by many of the, of the Bible scholars and theologians, their take on that, that parable of the ten virgins. They try to talk to you about that it had nothing to do with rapture and end times event and the Holy Spirit and his oil, that, that, you know, that the oil here wasn't the Holy Spirit and all of these things. And I'm going to tell you something. I gave you the context up front for a reason because context is always critical. And when it's out of context, it's a pretext. Yes? And when you have a pretext, you're dealing with something that's not true always. Do you know that? Somebody comes at you with a pretext, that means they're not really coming at you with what they're coming at you with. They have, a, they have an agenda. Yes? But what I read, when I read these things and read behind a bunch of folks, and I, what I begin to find out is what I tell you all the time, what's happened is they've let their theology... Their predetermined theology, hello? They let their theology interpret Scripture then rather than let interpreting Scripture shape their theology. And this is one of those things that is critical. Hello? You say, Pastor, you tell us this stuff all the time. Well, there's new people here. There's people that tune in, that watch it. And, and you need to be reminded because there's constant pressure. Constant pressure to conform. Scripture in context builds your theology. Not your theology interprets Scripture. Important. Timeline. Context. What is he talking about? There could be nothing more important to talk about tonight uh, in the day that we live in to understand the point you are at in time. I believe it's apparent we don't need to talk about current events or, to, or any of that tonight because we all know. We all know. You should know because the times and the seasons dictate that you should know. Remember, he said, the times and seasons you have no need that I write. Why? Because he said, you know, you, you know when the summertime's coming. You know, you know when the harvest is on its way because you can tell by what's going on around you. You should, be, you should be very clear about where we're at. I was really having some struggle to find out where to go tonight. And, I, and just before service, it began to open up to me. Matthew 24, 
Verse 45, let's read just a moment and we'll see what happens. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom the Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? This faithful and wise servant would be referring to the believers of all time. Made ruler over household would be in our case over the church. To give them meat in a due season would be talking about the God-called ministers are responsible for feeding their flock. It says, blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find doing. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, finds doing. We know that James tells us in his epistle that we are to be doers of the word rather than hearers only. We are to take action on what we know. Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all of his goods. So this is talking about the resurrected saints being rulers in the kingdom age to come. But, oh, there's that conjunction. And if, wow, you ever notice it says that? But, and, if, not just but, not just if. <laughs> we talk about those two a lot, don't we? Not just but, not just if, but, but, and if that evil servant shall say in this heart, my Lord delays his coming. Now, I want you to notice something peculiar about verse 48 besides the but and the if. It calls him that evil servant shall say in his heart. Now, who's the words, whose words are next? Jesus or the evil servant? It's the evil servant. Jesus is telling the story. But who's he referring to? The evil servant. Are you with me? But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming. We got a servant with an adjective <laughs> that is talking in his heart still that he believes he calls him Lord. Hmm, interesting. And but, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord, delay, and he and even calls him his own. Are you reading that? The servant call, says, my Lord delays his coming. That's exactly what many in the modern church are saying now. And shall begin to smite his fellow servants. I'm going to tell you right now, I have never in my life seen like the attack from within the church from the brethren the word is clear and I've always preached and taught that the greatest attack of our day when it begins to come down to the time of the, just prior to the rapture, the greatest attacks on the church are going to come from within its walls, from people that call him Lord and call you brother. Jesus said, This evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord, my Lord delays his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat 
and to drink with the drunken. Are you understanding who he's discussing? I wrote a little note that Brother Swaggart wrote down. He says, not only have they, are they now in this world, because they were all in this world, but it's coming a time when the people that call themselves his are going to be of this world. You can't tell the difference. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he, not, when he looks not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of. Not ready for the rapture. Now, when I, who, who's he talking about again? Well, we're, we're slow tonight and deliberate. We've got things to talk about. The Lord of that Jesus is speaking. The Lord of that servant. Now, I, I, I've got some curiosities, Brother Scott. Because I told you, I, I'm interested in what the words say in the word. And I'm interested that Jesus is speaking here. And I'm interested that he has already said, but and if this evil servant that says, my Lord, he still has, he still has a confession. He still has a confession. And then Jesus is saying, the Lord of that servant. Now hold on just a minute. I'm having to deal with something here because this is not, this is not, this is not some fly-by-night preacher that's talking, making up some crazy doctrine. This is Jesus, the Son of God, the living Word that says the Lord of that service shall come in a day when he looks not for him, his Lord, and an hour that he's not aware of. Mm. Now I think you're understanding why we have to know context. And why we have to let scripture create theology rather than theology create scripture. And shall cut him asunder. Who shall? Who shall? Somebody answer me. Who shall? And appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. And there shall be weeping and gnashing sobering to say the least and let's read just a minute longer because I, I, I Jesus continue how, how many of you know that Jesus didn't say period stop dictating and say chapter 25 y'all get that those are there for us. I don't believe he took more than a pregnant pause. If that. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten. Virgins. In which their lamps, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. By the way, the number ten in the word of God is always about perfection. And the five of them were wise, and the five were foolish, indicative of the modern church. And whom were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took their vessels with their lamps. And the bridegroom tarried. In other words, he waited, he paused, he didn't come when they were expecting him, they, 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 he delayed his coming. Now I want you to understand something. They were all ten virgins. What's that mean? They were all ten pure. They all ten had a lamp. They all ten had oil to cause their fire to burn then. I want to ask you, I'm going to take it, it's just, it's just the home folk tonight, I'm going to ask you, is that what the scripture says? 
That's not what the Assemblies of God says. That's not what the Church of God says. That's not what, that's, that's not what J.R. says. That's what the Scripture says. Five were wise, five were foolish. They were all ten pure. They all ten had a lamp. They all ten had oil in their lamp. But the bridegroom tarried, and they all, all of them, slumbered and slept. That's no indication that they were doing anything wrong. How many of you know every one of you need rest? Hello? And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out and meet him. I want you to know that that midnight, that midnight cry is the same thing Paul was talking about when he said, when he said, I'd not have, he said, but that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. It was the announcement. He said, behold, at midnight, the bridegroom cometh the announcement was made don't have time to go into jewish history but if you know anything about the jewish wedding you know that 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 they were in waiting awaiting for the announcement that he was coming then all of those virgins arose did you hear who, who, who how many of them all of them and trimmed their lamps all of them arose and trimmed their lamps what a religious exercise that is. Because you can trim your lamp all you want to, but if you have no oil, it's not going to burn. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. I'm just going to give you some facts. I, I, I posted on Facebook this afternoon because it's true. I just despise fact checkers. We know what I'm talking about. Because fact checkers today don't check facts. Well, they check their select facts. Like pretense. Pretense. Facts don't have an agenda. So I'm going to go real quickly again and just give you the facts. Because see, facts don't have an agenda. Jesus said that they were the kingdom of heaven is likened to the ten. It says they, they, took their, they all had a lamp. And they all were looking to go forth to meet the bridegroom. That's what it says. Five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. It's foolish to believe you don't, it is foolish to believe that you don't have to live for God and have a flow of the Spirit of God in your life all the way through. It is foolish to believe that what you got, that, uh, that all you got when you started is all that you're going to need. It is foolish to believe. See, they all were looking for the bridegroom. They all had a lamp, they all had, their, their, their lamp was full. How do I know? Because it says that five of them took extra. Five of them just went with what they had. Because, you know why? Because they thought they could make it. Just the facts. Religion will tell you that you, can, that you can make it on what you started with and you'll never have to have any more no matter what you go through or how long it takes. That's religion that'll, that'll tell you that. 
The Word of God will tell you that you have to stay, have a continual flow of the oil of the Holy Spirit, that you have to have a continual flow of fresh faith in your life. The, the, it will tell you that even though you started out looking and you may even be aware of His coming, that if, you're not, that if, you, don't have, if you don't have oil in your lamp, that your fire's going to go out. And when your fire goes out, you have nothing but a religious exercise. I didn't write it. And if you want to, go ahead and come and try to explain to me how Jesus didn't mean what he said when he said it. Go ahead and try to come explain to me that he didn't mean, that it had nothing to do with the rapture of the church. Go ahead and tell me how this is the only place in the Word of God that the oil wasn't about the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and come and try to tell me that. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell me that the Lord's not, that he's the one speaking, that he's talking about his servants. He said they were all pure. They were all virgins. They all had a lamb. They all had oil. They all were looking for a bridegroom. They knew what they were there for. Five were wise. They knew they had to have enough oil. Five were foolish. Just the facts. <laughs> but they took it all in their vessels with their lamps. Give me verse 4. But the wise took all in their vessels with their lamps. Not in their lamps. Hello, somebody. With their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried. We are foolish. As the very ones, see, Jesus spoke. It doesn't really take a whole lot of parsing and dividing when Jesus is speaking in parable to know exactly what he meant. Oh, this, this, is, this is a honeycomb for somebody right here. This is revelation for somebody right here. Because I understand there are deep things of the Scripture that, that you're going to have to know something about before you understand it. I tell people when they get, people get saved, they want a new Bible, they, they want to go to Revelation and Daniel. I say, how about you go and find out who Jesus is before you start worrying about, who, about, about ten horns and seven this and before you try to start figuring out De uh, Jacob's troubles that's good how about you find out who he is but when it comes to parable, can, can somebody, I, I know I learned it in Sunday school, and I hope that they're learning it in Sunday school at MAG. We're going to have a Sunday school discussion August 28th about some of this stuff. I, I, I hope we're learning it in Sunday school because I learned in Sunday school that Jesus taught, see, his, his followers were fishermen. They weren't highly educated. I know that because the Word says so. It says that when Peter and John were dragged before the before the frou-frou people that <laughs> before the before the people that you know I've stood before the Sanhedrin more than once since I've had credentials <laughs> it, the, the, the rulers of their day said they, per, they perceived of them that they were ignorant and unlearned men but they had been with Jesus that's what the word says so Jesus was among the common folks, had com his, his disciples were common followers, save Luke the physician, I suppose. Only one in the bunch that had any education. And it says that he spoke often in parable. Why? Anybody remember? Sunday School 101, why Jesus spoke in parable. He, he talked in common word pictures that the simplest among them could understand 
He talked in word pictures that the simplest among them could understand. Can I say that one more time? Are you getting something? He talked in word pictures where the simplest among them could understand. He took the highest doctrines, the highest teachings of heaven, and made them so simple that Danny Dumbbell could understand what he was talking about. It takes a theologian to mess it up and make it so complicated that you don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, I said that right out loud. Oh, oh, only, only, well, Brother Brankel used to call him, speaking of Dumbbell, he used to call him Dr. Dumbbell. He said only Dr. Dumbbell could twist that up so much that nobody knew what it was talking about anymore and tell you how you didn't read what you just read and didn't know and he didn't say what he just said and you didn't understand what he was talking about because he's given you the context. He's told you exactly the timeline of history that he's working on. He's telling, he's telling you what's going to be going on around you and he's telling you what to expect when, he, when it's about to happen and he tells you that, that if you're not careful... He's telling you that they all started out pure, that they all started, that they were, that they were his. They all had a lamp. He's it couldn't be any more clear. I'm trying to help somebody at Mag today because you've listened to Dr. Dumbbell so long that you can't read the Bible. It's the reason Dr. Dumbbell doesn't invite me to preach at his conference. It's true, y'all. We, we, we have been so assaulted with people twisting to fit their theology. We've been so influenced by these morons that we can't even read. I'm, I'm not apologetic for the adjectives because it's true, because they've deceived people. And they've twisted his word and brought people to the place where they think they can live like hell in the old way they want to and all is well. They'll declare to you with a straight face that they're saved. And they believe it. Then somebody else will tell you that they just never were when the Word says they were. You can argue with me all day long, but the Word says they were. And I'm going to tell you, if you come talk to me, but I'm going to point you to the Word and say the Word says they were. The Word says they were. It's important that we understand in the hour that we live in that there are people that are that they have that they that they have their lamp they they have they 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 made their confession they have their lamp they come sit on the pew right beside you they once burned they once had oil and they slept with the rest of us and when the call came they didn't have nothing to light their fire, but they stood right up and done the same thing. They stood When the call came, they got up with the five wise and done the same thing the five wise done. They got up and trimmed their lamps, but the problem was, and by the way, they knew it immediately. Dr. Dumbbell can try to tell them they didn't want, that, they, that they, everything was okay if you want to. Dr. Dumbbell can come and tell them that, that, that try to tell them that they were always, that they never were, or they always was. But, but I'm going to tell you, the five virgins knew. Somebody here? Boy, I'm going a little further than I intended to, but I'm, I'm always, I'm neck deep. I might as well go. And I'm going to tell you something else. Let me help somebody here tonight. Let me help somebody here tonight. He talked also about a parable of wheat and tares. It said that they grow together and you won't even know the difference until their fruit begins to display. And he says, yeah, we take them out. He says, no, you leave them alone because you know why? He was the only one that could tell the difference. Boy, I'm, I'm in troubled water. I'm in trouble. I know I, I'm, I'm in deep tonight because I know I've got a mixture from every background in the world. I don't care about your background. I don't care about mine. I care what the Word says. I don't care. I'm not going to stand and give account for the, for the Assemblies of God or for the Southern Baptist or for anybody else. I'm not going to give an account for John MacArthur. 
I'm not going to give an account. I'm, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be judged according to the word by the living word. And I'm going to tell you, it says in verse 7 that, they, that all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And I'm going to tell you that the, and verse 8, and the foolish said to the wise, give us your oil for our lamps have gone out. They knew it. They knew it. I'm going to tell you what it doesn't say. This is better, but this is good. What it doesn't say is the wise version said to the foolish, your lamps are going out, your lamps are going out. I told you. They didn't need nobody to tell them, Andrea. Hello. You know what I ought to do just for fun? I ought to put a rock in everybody's chair one Sunday night and see who was going to, throw, who was going to try to stone me. Because some of you wouldn't be able to take it. You wouldn't be able to hold yourself back. You'd throw the rock. And then I would know. I'm kidding a little bit. I didn't come to mess with Mama or anybody else. Here's what we don't understand. Here's what we don't understand. Whenever we teach this stuff, and we're, I mean, we're obviously digging deep. Well, the word is. The word's digging deep. And it upsets people because then they got to come to terms with Papa might not have made it. Well, I mean, you know what? I'm no more, I no more can tell you if Papa made it than you can. You know why people get so upset? Because they think, my kids didn't make it, or my kids are not going to make it, or Papa didn't make it, or my mamma, uh, she was the best in the world. There's no way. God, they're not going to stand before God over being the best in the world because the best in the world isn't going to make heaven. That's not what it's about. And you know what? I can't tell you if they did. I can't tell you that they didn't, and neither can you. That's why he said to let them grow together, and, I, and the day of harvest, I'll separate them. Because up until now, they've all looked the same. We're here to proclaim truth. We're here to prepare people. We're here to prepare people to make heaven. We are here. You, I'm going to tell you, people cannot make heaven uh, listening and believing what's not true. It is impossible, it is impossible, it is impossible for people to do what's right if they're preached what's a lie. It is dangerous, it is wrong, and people will not make it when they're raised on a lie. See, one of my greatest problems in this world, this is why I want, yeah, I'll ask you a question. You, you, be, you be frank, I'll be frank with you, you be honest with me. Because I despise preachers that, get, preachers that get on Facebook every Sunday and say, 12 people got saved at whatever church this morning. 65 people gave their heart to the Lord this morning. How in the world do you know? Never one time will you hear me say it. You know what? I had a wonderful after church this morning. Now, now listen to me carefully. I want you to hear what I'm going to say. Because I, I didn't come up here and say, Oh, we had people saved this morning. I'm going to tell you about people that get saved. Let me tell you about people that get saved. You want me to tell you about people that get saved? See, I don't have to get up here and say so-and-so got saved this morning. Because see, when I walk out in the lobby, they'll run up to you and say, Pastor, I got saved this morning. Come on. Because see, that's the confession of faith, I believe. When people get saved, they'll tell, they'll tell everybody they know. They'll put it on Facebook themselves. Are y'all even hearing me or are you still mad? Listen, there's going to be every kindred, every tribe, every tongue there. There's going to be some from every house that, called, that hung a shingle out and called itself the name of a church. There's going to be every, uh, people missing. From, the hell's going to be full of every tribe, every nation, every tongue. They're going to be full of everybody that hung a shingle and ever called it a church. We're responsible for what the Word says. We are responsible for what's true. You will never hear me putting anybody in heaven from the pulpit. The 65 people got saved this morning, bless God. When they send me their, my report from Springfield every January, I burn them. Well, I've got to where I burn them up even worse. I don't even send it back. They'll send me three, email, three emails last notice. I think, thank God, I'm tired of getting them. 
Last time we're calling you, I thought you'd never tell me that. Thank you. Well, I used to ride on about how many people saved in your church last year. I have no idea. Send it back. How much money did you take in? None of your business. First Thessalonians 4, 11. Everybody do their own work well and mind your own business. Look it up. I ain't lying. Mind your business. It says, And the foolish said to the wise, I want to tell you something about lost and saved. You may tell you something about lost and saved. See, lost people can fool you. Lost people can fool you. Lost people can fool me. Some people are saved, and I mean just barely. And they fooled me too. Either way. But I mean, you might tell you, yeah, I can tell you two people they're not fooling. God. And, and some of them are not fooling themselves. But you know what? Some of them are going to be deceived. Because that's the, see, that's the problem of deception. Ron Cox taught me this. It's deep. Are you ready for it? It's the thing about deception is it's so deceiving. There's some people that are going to stand before him in shock. He says, for many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I heal in your name? Didn't I to work miracles in your name? And he says, he said, I will say to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. When Jesus is speaking in the parable, it says that the five foolish virgins said to the five wise virgins. It says they arose, trimmed their lamps. They went through. And the foolish said to the wise, give us your oil for our lamps are gone out. And the wise answered saying, no. Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to them who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they were went to buy, see, the warnings had gone out that the bridegroom was coming. Jesus has just spent chapters telling you about the warnings that were coming before he comes. He just, he just went through and he told you, he says, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. He said that nation will rise against nation, kingdom will rise against kingdom. He says there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. And he said, he said but don't get all upset because these things must be. He said, but the end is not yet, but these are just the beginning of sorrows. Then he goes on when he closes out there and tells about all the way through tribulation into the kingdom age. And he says, behold the fig tree. When its branch is tender and puts forth, and puts forth, he said, he, 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 started, he said, that's my time clock. He's talking about Israel. And he's talking, and he says, watch, he said, when you see the fig tree, he said, it's this generation that not, shall not come to pass. See, I'm going to tell you, if the bridegroom, the, the, the announcement was being made. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he comes, he comes, he comes. Prepare yourself. But when, it, when, it, when it's gotten so close, it's, but, he, but he's delayed, he's tarried. He didn't come when we thought he would. Now, half of us in the room are old enough to have thought for sure we would never see the year 2000. Are you hearing me? Oh, and when he didn't come, many people delayed. He delayed. Many people went to sleep. They, went to, they slumbered. They didn't, they didn't bother to renew their oil. Well, it didn't come when I thought he would, so. We thought for sure that we'd never see so-and-so in office. There's been some so-and-sos in office. There's still some so-and-sos in office.
now it's at the door. And they thought, we better go. They, they've woken up. We've got to go get some. And while they went, the bridegroom came. See, the warnings are one thing. When he shows up, it's quite another. He gave us all this stuff so we would be prepared. Oh, I'm boring some of you. I've got three groups. I've got, I got interested folks right now. I've got bored folks right now. And I've got mad folks right now. I just preach to all of you. Y'all all change seats next week. <laughs> we go and buy unless there not be enough for And while they were went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they who went to ready themselves for, for, with him to the marriage at the It says, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they who were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Reminds me of when it says, as in the days of Noah, it reminds me of it says, it says that he told him to build and to build and to build and to build. And he preached, he said, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. That he, that he hammered and preached, he hammered and preached, and he preached and hammered, he hammered and preached, and he preached and hammered, and he hammered and preached, and he preached and hammered. And said, One day, he said that the rains, rain began to fall. He said, Come in to the ark. See, he said, come in. He didn't say go in. He said, come in. You know why? Because God was inside. He said, come in to the ark. And you know what it says when he come in? It says, and God shut the door. As in the days of Noah. God shut the door. He says, and afterward, the, he says, and, and, and the door was shut. And afterward also came the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord. Oh, oh, they're still calling him Lord. Open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I, I, he, I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Y'all all know I stay interested in social media. I even watch that demonic devil of TikTok. I don't really advise that for most people, but I, I keep an eye on it for a reason because I've noticed because that's what our kids are watching. If you want to know what's really going on in their life, watch that junk. You'll find out things you didn't want to know. You say, not my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm really noticing? I am noticing superstar internet Social media preachers. They have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers watching their minute and a half. Swipe. Swipe. Brian, aren't I? Y'all up there go, the back rows are going, the front rows are going, uh huh. Yeah. Sounds like Charlie Brown, adults on Charlie Brown, remember? Swipe. You know what I've noticed? Without exception, they'll be teaching you why, every, why when you learned about the tithe, that was incorrect. They'll be teaching you why when you learned about the rapture. Oh, that that's just the doctrine that, that started in about 1905. They'll, 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 start, they'll start teaching about uh, that, that there's no need to go to church, that the really Bible never endorsed going to church. Oh, I could just go on and on and on. And, you're, and, 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 and we have a generation. Oh, they're, they're, they're being preached to, Mom and Dad. You just don't know it. You think they're uninterested. <laughs> you think they're uninterested. Oh, they're interested. They love the people that will tell them that, they're, that they belong to Jesus, but they can live like hell. They love the people that will tell them that everything mom and daddy's taught you, go ahead, go ahead and sleep with 10 people this week. It's okay. Yeah, they love the people that says God just loves a cheerful giver, and he does, but there's no standard for what he laid out. And they, because, you know, there's some people that can give you, be real cheerful about giving nothing. Y'all wonder, where did he shift gears? I'm not shifting gears. I'm telling you what's going on. There's a lot of people that can feel real, real good about 20 bucks. There's a lot of people that feel real good about because they love anything that goes against what mom and dad's taught them all their life. 
feeding that rebellion, feeding that, feeding that devil. They love everything that comes and just says that that old book didn't really mean what it says. I'm going to tell you the enemy is playing for keeps. Preacher's playing for keeps too. I'm telling you, this preacher is playing for keeps. This preacher has learned that I, that I serve one God and that, I, that I'm loyal to his word and that the religion people that get mad at it, I mean, I don't know how long my own organization will tolerate me and that's the truth. Mag Church is going to be found doing. Blessed is the servant whom him and his Lord comes shall he find doing. We're going to be found doing. We're going to preach righteousness. We are going to reach every person we can locally and all over the world. I'm glad they're thrilled about that. We're going to preach truth to you. Anybody who comes through that lens, anybody that, that walks in the door on Sunday morning, that they walk in once and it's the only that makes them so mad they never come back, they heard it once. We're going we're gonna to preach. You know what, what we see that we find out that, that, when, that people are starving to death for somebody that will teach them what is true that will give them the word of God, that will preach righteousness and there will be a flow of Holy Spirit in, the, in that church. There's people that's coming that never thought, right now, that thought they had never come to a church like this. But they come in, they don't even understand, they don't understand what they're hearing, but they understand what they're feeling. And their feeler will, bring, uh, will cause them to go look for something they can understand. Hello, church. You say, well, what is the answer to all this? You're telling me that you're shaking my foundations. I must be going a little long. People's wandering around. We're shaking the foundations. We're standing for what's true. And by the way, I'm just... Yes, I do make, I, I will make a demand on this church for excellence and that we teach our children how to behave in church and without apology from, from 2 to 22. People have not been taught and I will not be responsible for not teaching them. Period. I told somebody the other day that I'm not only responsible, I'm accountable. So when you stand in my shoes of accountability and realize the weight of it, you'll be the same way. We've got work to do, church. I'm thankful for the outreach of MAG. We've only just begun. As we're closing, we're about to pray. There's things that I understand that I, in my spirit that I don't understand yet how God's going to do it. But can I tell you some things that I never thought I would see and, I, and just show you how God can work? Many of you know last Monday I went to Baton Rouge and was the last minute on Francis and Friends. And I don't know if you know it, but who could have ever dreamed? Why does that matter? Because, because how many of you know that MAG is beginning to have a world outreach? Do you know that? May not mean a thing to you, but it's not lost on me that a boy from Backwoods, Arkansas got to speak for two hours to, to a viewership of over a million people a day. It's not lost on me that the missions that we're already involved in, that after, just go to lunch with somebody and you say, well, you need more Bibles? I got 25,000 more Bibles for you. I'll have, them on a, I'll have them on a ship by next week. I don't know if you know that, but those 25,000 Bibles, that's $750,000 before shipping. Oh, you got six Bible schools you take care of over there? When I just mentioned their library on the air, just in passing, not asking for anything, and Sister Frances looks at the break and she says, tell me about those Bible schools. They don't have, they, they don't have, they're not equipped. She says, 
those Bible schools will have everything they need. After lunch, we'll talk about it. Six of them, what do they need? You give them everything they need, and we will pay to put it on the ground. In fact, the Bibles go by a ship. All the other study materials was put on FedEx on a plane and flew to Ghana and Liberia already and paid on their end. Then Brother Swigert said, well, Nikki, those 25,000 Bibles are going to cost these folks some money. Diesel's high when they get there. He said, you better give them about $10,000 for diesel for when they get there. Write them a check. Never underestimate the reach that God has for a church that will stand for what's true. Never underestimate the doors that he will open when a church stands for what's true. It is only the beginning. Mag Church will not only touch this community, Mag Church will touch this region, and Mag Church will touch the world because Mag Church is willing to stand without flinching and preach what's true. You say, I'm concerned now about my family after you just preached. I'm concerned about this. I'm going to tell you, like Brother Carpenter said this morning, and he's talked about when the church learns to pray again. Not when the preacher learns to pray again. The preacher's going to pray. When the church learns to pray as its first swing, not its last resort. Yes, it's all breaking loose. Yes, it is, it is trying times. Yes, it is only the beginning of trying times. But yes, it will be the church's finest hour. It's the church's finest hour. The warnings have going out, gone out and they're going out, but this church is going to keep a continual flow of the oil flowing from this pulpit no matter who likes it or who wants to stone us. No matter the cost that it comes, and, I, and I, that's hard for me to say because there's a cost coming. But he told us when they drag you before the courts, when they drag you before the rulers, he says, take no thought for what you shall say because the Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth when you get there. He will go through with you, church. It's blessed is the servant whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find him doing.